Welcome to Terminal Talk, a podcast on mainframe and mainframe-related topics. I'm Frank. I'm Jeff. And we have a really special guest with us today, Jeannie Glass, who is the CEO of Virtual Z. Welcome. Thank you, Frank. Thank you, Jeff. I'm thrilled to be here. So can you start by telling us what is Virtual Z? Yes. Virtual Z is an early stage mainframe ISB, and we are focused on helping customers uh, optimize the mainframe environment, reduce the cost so that they can move more workload to the mainframe as opposed to finding ways that are often unnatural to their business uh, to offload workload from the mainframe. So we, one of our core values is we love the mainframe. Uh, we have, across our small team, over 150 years of mainframe experience, and we're all very passionate about the platform, and we want to support the platform. So what kind of customers are, are, are you working with? So we're just in the early stages of our beta program. We've recently signed two partnership agreements with a third agreement underway, and our first release is in beta. Uh, we have uh, two additional releases coming out later this year, so we're really in the infancy of starting to market and test our product in the industry. And, and can you just, I don't want to go into too much technical detail, but can, can you kind of explain what you guys um, are doing? How do you help people uh, make that transition? Yeah, effectively, customers today are employing a number of techniques manually to optimize the mainframe, and we are automating those tasks. So customers can set policy, and uh, through intelligence, our technology will determine when, where, and how to move workload to optimize the overall environment uh, completely under control of the customer. And in addition to uh, moving workload in an automatic and dynamic fashion within the environment, uh, release coming out very quickly will allow customers to redirect workload to a public cloud or a private cloud. So that will enable organizations like Virtual Z, other ISVs, and end users uh, to leverage the cloud uh, to optimize the mainframe environment. Now, you said uh, you're a, a software vendor, but it sounds like you're also doing uh, a lot of customer interaction. Uh, we are. Uh, we started uh, very early, um, you know, in the development process to engage customers to inform our roadmap. And we've done a lot of benchmarking um, and, and validation through partners and end users alike. And people are pretty excited about this? Uh, we're very surprised um, at how excited customers are. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> In particular with the cloud technology, that's really resonating. Um, we're also getting quite a bit of attention because we are the first um, women-owned mainframe ISV in history, and that's also been uh, really a surprising wave of uh, attention and support for our, our product and our platform. Absolutely. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, we'd actually like to delve into that a little bit. Um, how is it that you got here? What, what brought you to this? Probably up the Taconic. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would say Virtual Z is a culmination of really um, my life uh, long relationships, friendships, personal and professional, my colleagues, uh, my education, my work experience, it's all kind of converging uh, and creating Virtual Z. And that goes back to, as a young person, um, having you know, some 
family members suggest that I get into computing, which was at the time the last thing that I was expecting <laughs> to get into, quite honestly. And so I took a programming course, and it turned out I was very good at it, surprisingly so. And other students were asking me for help. That's how I realized that I was good at it. And so I transitioned uh, to the University of Wisconsin and joined their MIS program, which was a well-known program, and uh, started my uh, degree in management information systems. And as a result of that, two professors asked me to work as their teaching assistant. The CIO of the university asked me to work as his student assistant. And so I uh, got work experience while my education experience, and it all was centered around the mainframe at that time. And I, and I loved it. Like I said, no one's more surprised than me <laughs> how much I enjoyed COBOL programming. And uh, just moved my career in that direction through those relationships, got my first job out of college with the state of Minnesota, and then I moved to California, worked with some venture capital firm, uh, uh, startup companies there, and ended up at Computer Associates and spent 11 years there. A lot of the relationships that I built during that time are present at Virtual Z today. Um, we have... Uh, Vince Ray, who you may have heard of, yep. is our chief technology officer. Uh, Mark Sokol, uh, creator of Realia Cobol. Mark Combs is well known in this industry. So we really have kind of a powerhouse of mainframe experts uh, who have come together uh, to create Virtual Z. And what happened is I had uh, an idea for Virtual Z. I've been told since I was a young person <laughs> that I should uh, start my own company. And that's a scary uh, venture to take on, and I started asking this team of people if they would be interested in working together. And it turned out that Vince had a similar idea many years ago, and so our two ideas converged, and then we built a team now, and less than a year later, uh, our product was in beta. Wow. So you, you said you, you didn't think the computers was going to be the thing that you got interested no. in. Do you remember what like you originally thought you might be going off into? Um, I had one of those. Uh, I was a little bit of everything. Uh, okay. Yeah, let's not go there. Oh, <laughs> let's right. cut that one out. All the best people. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you if you cut it out. Okay. Like, I was, like, was going to be a chiropractor. I was going to be a nun. Like, I was all, really, every, I was all over the map. I couldn't figure it out. And that's why I think my family just finally said, whatever you do, computers are going to be there. So just go into, take some computer classes, and then you'll figure it out. And right. it turns out mm -hmm. that was the thing. <laughs> but I, I think it's, you know, you brought up something I think is really important that uh, you you went into something that was definitely scary in this space, right? Mm -hmm. You and you said, I've been, you were working in CA, right? Mm -hmm. Had a great job in CA. Mm -hmm. And you said, I, I need to start my own company. Mm -hmm. And so what was that like? How hard was it to make that transition it was hard to make the decision to start making the phone calls and ask if my friends and colleagues would be interested in working with me. And it took a lot of encouragement. And quite honestly, uh, one of my friends, when I was saying, "Look, I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna do it," and she said, "Please do." I'm tired of hearing about it. And that was really the impetus that I needed. I'm like, you're right. I need to stop talking about it, and I just need to do it. And I picked up the phone and called my one of my co-founders and asked if he would be willing to participate. 
And what was foundational for me in thinking about starting my own company was it had to be women-owned. So as I was making these phone calls, I was being very clear that the business has to be women-owned um, because that's very important to me for a number of reasons. And thankfully, I have a team of men and women who equally support uh the, the interest in supporting diversity and supporting women in business and in particular women in technology and in the mainframe space because they have to make some sacrifices along the way in order for Virtual Z to maintain its women-owned certification. And thankfully, we have a team of people who agree that that's important uh, to all of us, not just to women. And what I've noticed um, in the past year is that we've had more recognition by men uh, really than any other. Um, the messages that I've gotten that that are appreciative of what we're doing have been from men who say things like, um, Jeannie, I have three daughters. Mm. My wife and I thank you for what you're doing. And those are amazing, you know, moving messages to get that make me feel a lot of responsibility uh, to do a, a service for diversity in this space, in particular for women in technology. And we've really had a lot of men come forward and, and say thank you for what you're doing. Yeah, I think it's a really important, valuable thing. I mean, we, we look around our site and and wish that there was a more diverse group. Um, you know, this particular uh, technical environment tends to be very uh, white male heavy so seeing that diversity, and I, I think it's really important because it brings a whole different perspective. And without that perspective, um, we, we miss a little bit. That's right. We all do. Um, I will tell you as a, you know, a senior level executive in this space, I have been often the only woman in the room. You know, me and 20 men working together to make decisions. And that is a miss in terms of the quality of decisions that are going to be produced. And often the men were very much the same, you know, they were, there wasn't, I was the diversity in the room, period. You're in a room where you're the only woman in all, all guys. How, how intimidating is that? It wasn't intimidating for me, but it was sometimes awkward. Uh, for example, for team building events, uh, the team building event was always golf, and and I <laughs> golfed for a long time, but I don't golf anymore, and so I was the only one who didn't golf. And you know, I shouldn't say that because there were other men that didn't golf, but it was always kind of, what are we going to do with Jeannie? Uh. And you could tell that there was just some awkwardness uh, because I was the only woman in the room. And they were always trying to struggle to make me feel welcome and make me feel comfortable. They were always supportive. They were concerned. They were kind. It, there wasn't ever anything that was unprofessional. It was just awkward. And that, and just that awkwardness being there is it takes away from trying to get work done. And it does. Like it does. And I think the part that we miss without having diversity in a room um, besides the creativity and the, the diverse thought process that, that creates innovations and so forth, is, you know, statistics prove that if you're um, alienated or separated, you experience the same emotions that bullying uh, produces. 
And so there's a real emotional impact when you're separated uh, in any way. And certainly I hadn't felt like I was ever bullied or anything, but I can see where that would occur if maybe you were a, a shy person. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty uh, confident woman, so I, I didn't feel any of that. But I can, I can see where that experience occurs, where you just feel uncomfortable. So there's that aspect of it. But also, just from a financial performance perspective, it's proven that organizations that embrace and live diversity are more profitable. So it, it's a huge miss for us not to be including all aspects of our population uh, in business and in life. It and really to, is. And for you to be able to start Greenfield with that, that idea and not have to turn a ship to accept this, um, what a tremendous place to be able to start from. That's what great. And like I said, it's lucky that I had the support that I had from the people who uh, really needed to come together to build Virtual Z, that that was also um, something that they supported and, and feel is important to our company. And it really is. And before we wrote a single line of code, we developed our core values and we worked with a company, CX Workout, uh, who helped us. And when they were working with us to create our core values, it was a great experience because core values can't be something you put on a piece of paper and then you aspire. They have to be your core values. And uh, Joe Wheeler worked with us and he pulled our core values out of us as part of the workshop and then we uh, you know, kind of work together to put them into words uh, from a values perspective. And uh, diversity is a big part of our values. Uh, working uh, and, and valuing your whole self uh, is part of our values. Um, working with our customers in a unique way, I think, might also differentiate us in this space because mainframe negotiations have historically been <laughs> difficult. There's a lot of money at stake. And uh, one of our core values is we've got your back, and we don't mind if we leave a few dollars on the table um, because we want really positive um, co-worker relationships, partnership relationships, and customer relationships. And with just the two uh, partnership agreements that we've signed already, our CFO started the conversation by talking about our core values and explaining that, you know, our goal is to be easy to do business with. And I think these partners will tell you that we were very easy to do business with, and that's our intention. Um, we're not uh, worried about every single uh, dollar in the financial outcome. We feel if we um, service our customers and service our partners, we're going to be just fine. What's that submarine movie, the K-19, The Widowmaker? Have you seen that? There's a, the, a, there's a nuclear uh, leak in the bottom of the sub, or I guess it's bottom of a sub there can be, and the guys have to go in there like one by one and like stop the leaking, but they're taking on massive amounts of radiation poisoning. So every time they come out, they're like, oh, and they're just being dragged off. And I've, I've been out in the hallway when a uh, mainframe negotiation was yeah. happening. And uh, everyone coming exhausted. out, they just close the door like, don't go in there. Don't go in there. <laughs> so I'm glad you're addressing that because yes. that's an ugly thing to say. Yes, it is. And I've been part of those discussions. Um, you know, at one time at Computer Associates, I joined at a time when Computer Associates was really trying to turn its relationships around. And it was a really great time for me to uh, – to enter the business. And there were a number of client disputes um, on the table at that time. And the CEO of Computer Associates uh, came to my desk one day and handed me 
uh, stack of disputes and said, I'd, I'd like you to solve these. They went off the lawyer's desk and onto my desk. Oh, and boy. it took me a year, but I resolved all of them and I tracked it. And by the end of the year, I had generated $16 million in new revenue. Because if you listen to your customers and you work with them to solve the problems that they're facing, it, it, it goes just fine. You just have to listen and, and it works out. So when, when you say diverse, um, I, would you hire me? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> That's please, diverse. Please come on board anytime. That would be great. You haven't seen Frank's office yet. <laughs> yeah, but I've seen Frank. We okay. would love to have Frank. So, so speaking of seeing Frank, you ran into Frank at, at what conference? Was it a – At Share. At Share. At Share. Okay. Yes. So, so like what uh, – for the conference scene for you, like what, mm -hmm. um, what venue do you prefer like meeting clients and, you know, meeting new people at? Uh, Share was the first um, event that we've participated in okay. as a company. It's kind of where we launched Virtual yep. Z, if you will. And we had quite a bit of attention at the conference. Um, you know, our booth was busy the entire time because there's not a lot of new vendors coming into the space period. And then also um, I was asked to make opening remarks at the Women in IT luncheon and serve on a Women in IT panel. And as a result of customers attending, men and women alike attended those events. Um, in fact, it was at the panel, Frank, that you and I met. Um, so it was very exciting. Um, one of the partnership agreements that we signed came from Share. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So uh, it was a great event, and we'll likely participate in Share again, as well as IBM TechU and, and some other events that are coming up. So um, it was very exciting. So we'll see you in Pittsburgh. Yes, in for Dallas. sure. Um, I'm partnering there on more women in IT initiatives as well, working with Martha McConaughey, who I'm sure that you mm -hmm. know. Yeah, and uh, yep, she's just down the road. Great. Um, so, uh, in addition to your technical skill, it sounds like there's this whole interacting with people is a big, uh, big core part of the value that you're bringing to, um, to your clients, right? I think so. I I expect part of why people have told me I should run my own business is because. Um, I'm interested in the success of others, and as a young person, my customers would tell me, I wish all of my sales reps worked like you do, because if I was working with a manufacturer, I would ask if I could tour their manufacturing floor, and not because I thought it would help me do a better job selling, but because I was truly curious about their business, and I wanted to learn and see their operations. It was interesting to me, and one thing I loved most about uh, sales and my job was that every day I was learning about new businesses and meeting new people. And it turned out that the side benefit of all of that was through better understanding my customers' business and being curious about their business, being curious about themselves and their roles and their responsibilities and what their objectives to the business were. It did help me uh, sell to my customers. Absolutely. I mean, when, when Frank and I were traveling doing customer stuff, like that was my always my favorite part was like, you know, the breaks and walking to and from the, the conference rooms. It's seeing like the, the posters up on the wall, seeing what people are you know talking about. And like, you know, if you're at a, a, um, a vehicle manufacturing plant or something like that, you can kind of like, okay, this is what's important to these people. And, and you have a, a better insight of the, the industry just just from that. And you don't, you don't get that in a vacuum in yeah, an office. that's right. Right, or in a meeting room. And we, we were very lucky. Uh, we were in Bentonville. Oh, God. And they took us to a distribution center and we got to see – you know, here's a 
a huge warehouse floor that's managed by a Z and and watching the packages move and be right. redirected and it was a it's very interesting it, it to is. see that kind of and that thing. that had been described to me like at least five times prior. I'm like, okay, distribution center, it's a warehouse, it's a warehouse. Until you see the logistics that go into it, like, oh, okay, I, I absolutely see how mainframe fits in here. I get why this is a, uh, you know, a, a hub of everything. Yeah, That's see, right. Seeing, uh, seeing is believing. It's yeah. exciting. I just invented that saying. <laughs> right here on Terminal Talk. I'm so glad I was here for that. So Mark well, the date. You, you said that you spent a lot of time in CA uh, selling. Mm-hmm. How hard was it to go from a, a you know, a, a a technical education to be a technical person and, and move into that that kind of sales role, which is fundamentally different. Yeah, that's kind of a funny story. So when I was working for a startup company in uh, the Bay Area, I was a technical trainer and I was taking uh, laptops apart and I was teaching um, people how to fix them. And one day the head of sales for that company came to me and said, Jeannie, you're a salesperson. You're, we're moving you into sales. And I had a horrible vision of salespeople at that time. And I was like, I would never be a salesperson. Like Glenn and Gary, Glenn Ross. <laughs> ABC? Right. I was happy right where I was. And he said, no, no, we've, here's your business cards. And he literally had already made business cards. And they literally did move me into sales because he had been watching how I was uh, training people. And I was really selling them. As I was training them, I was giving them kind of the feature, the function, the benefit, and then you can do this and imagine this. And he saw in me that I was a consultative salesperson, and he did move me into sales. And I was completely intimidated, but I did well, and I've been in sales ever since. And it turns out that is really what I love to do is to learn about businesses, learn about people, and then find ways to help make things better. So you're shifting the narrative just on what sales is based on how you would personally go at it. I think so. And I've, I've, I've been told by customers often enough that I, I, I listen to them in a way that they're not used to being listened to. And I think as a manager, uh, you know, so many years later, you learn about yourself over time. I like to ask um, members of my team what's important to them personally so that as we're working together, I'm helping them get to where they want to be. And it's not, I learned, it's not always right to assume that people who work for you want your job. So I've had salespeople who their aspirations have been to really become an SE or an SE with aspirations to become a salesperson. And if you don't ask people what's important to you, you're creating a path for them that's, that's what's in your mind's eye as opposed to what they're actually trying to do. And one of my favorite stories about that is I once asked one of my sales representatives what his personal objectives were, and he kind of stuttered. And I said, I don't care what it is. You can just tell me. <laughs> and if you don't want to, that's fine too. But I, I don't care what it is. And he said, I want to be a deacon in the church. And I thought that was a great answer because now I knew what he was trying to do was save enough money so that he could retire and join his wife and they were going to go work on missions and things. And it was, it was an awesome transformation in our relationship because I was really then able to work with him in a way that was important and valuable to him, which made him a strong contributor to the team as well. It was fantastic. 
There's a there's I don't know if, if Frank if you picked up on this but you said um, when you were, when you decided you're finally going to do it you call, you know start your company you called up your friend and he said I'm going to do it and they didn't say like what buy a boat adopt a dog <laughs> they knew right away just and they're probably just like yeah I know it's, do it just do it <laughs> it's so funny you say that because he immediately said yes and I had to say well don't you want to think about it? He said, no. <laughs> and I said, okay, well, now I have to think about it. <laughs> and then we made more phone calls, and here we yeah, are. <laughs> yeah. hey, wow. You don't, it doesn't get much better than this. It really I mean, doesn't. You know. It really doesn't. So we have see a... on a Friday. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I meant to ask, like, where are you based out of? Like, where did you come in from? Uh, we're headquartered in Minneapolis in my hometown. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Convenient. I don't know. I now the business doesn't seem quite as interesting. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Seems a little colder. Oh, can't wait yeah. for Chad to listen to this. <laughs> right. right. I meant to say we're headquartered in Poughkeepsie. <laughs> That's that whole um, diversity thing. They actually even even take people from Minnesota. That's the, Yeah, uh, right. Have you brought on anybody who's like new or new-ish to the platform? Yes. Um, thank you for asking. We have several contractors. Uh, that we work with. So, for example, we just hired an expert in SEO as a contractor uh, to help us. And in our first conversation, we always cover our core values and make sure that we have a a cultural uh, fit for the company. And then we move into the technology. And this person had zero mainframe experience, but they're uh, an expert in SEO. And when we started explaining that the mainframe you know, powers any transaction relative to airline reservations or retail or insurance or banking, you know, their eyes, you know, just widened. They had no idea and on their own accord have started researching into the mainframe space and listening to things like podcasts and webinars and really got excited about the platform. It's it's kind of an unknown platform you know, to it's, to, so, it's the weirdest thing. Yes. It's the most prevalent, but the least known That's about. That's exactly <laughs> right. That's exactly right. So we've had several uh, contractors, I think, really get their um, their uh, their eyes wide open uh, when they learn about what the mainframe does for all of us every single day. Awesome. I'm glad they're listening to podcasts, too. Yes, that's right. So like a one in three chance it's ours. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's a 100% chance now when I get back. (laughs) Yeah, people be hating us then. Um, So how do you bring somebody like that um, up into uh, understanding what the mainframe is underneath, right? Is is there – do you guys have an education path or is it more – we don't have a formal education path uh, because we're so small and we have uh, such a team of experts that just kind of through pointing people to things like uh, podcasts and you know YouTube videos and some basic uh, you know surveys and things like that that talk about how the mainframe is used and where it's used, that's been sufficient. And then pretty much um, I know that these contractors have gone out and, and done self-study because they've made comments about it back. So um – it sounds like then you you you're kind of going the contractor route to get started. Yes. Um, do you see growing the company with employees too? And, and yes, we do. Um, we're self uh, funded right now. All of the uh, owners, um, you know, we're all investors equally in the company. So today it's really a bootstrap. Um, but 
as the products come to market, we'll definitely need to fund the company so that we can staff the company for growth. And and you said it's fully um, women-owned. Correct. How was how hard was it to get that an initial funding going um, in that community? So we're WebBank certified. Um, you can become certified on your own, but WebBank really smooths the process for you. Um, and there are several ad- additional uh, certifications that you can get. We've also earned our supplier clearinghouse or CPUC certification. And we'll have our WSB certification this fall, which is the federal government certification. So once you have your baseline certification, it eases the process for the additional certifications. It took us about six months to receive our certification. And for us, it was fairly easy because at the time we just had two owners. We now have seven co-owners. So when we go for recertification, um, we'll probably have a little bit more work to do. Um, but they make it very um, easy. It's it's a recipe. It just takes time. But but um, it's easy to convince them of this business model is really where I was going. Uh, so because of our background and experience, um, a lot of the hoops that you have to go through are to prove that you're truly capable of running this business. Uh, which I am, you know, my resume shows sure. I clearly am qualified <laughs> to create and run this business. Uh, they do make annual uh, uh, visits to the office space and make sure that only women can be for that there for that meeting uh, so that you can't have, you know, you know, somebody else talking about the business. The women need to be able to talk about the business so that they can prove that it is, in fact, their business. business. So they're, they're, if that's what you're asking, that was the kind of uh, qualification process we had to go through to prove that we were a women-owned business, and you have to do that every year. Anything, uh, so you, 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 were, you were at Share, and obviously you're going to be in Pittsburgh too. Anything you saw there that like caught your eye that like, ooh, I'm going to follow up on that? Besides terminal talk. Right, obviously. Terminal talk for sure. <laughs> Um, That's going to be a drop on one of these buttons. (laughs) (laughs) Well, one other exciting thing that came from our time at Share is IBM Systems Magazine, IBM Z. Uh, Their May-June issue was focused on women and young people in the mainframe. Uh So they profiled Virtual Z, our chief marketing officer, Lisa Wood, and myself, in their Beyond the Box column. And so we worked quite closely with the team at IBM Systems Magazine. Uh, We also worked with Martha uh, through Marist College on the Women in IT initiatives. So when we got back, we we realized that these two communities were working on the same initiative but separately, and so we created an introduction of uh, those two organizations, and now we have kind of a subcommittee and we're working to create um, more of a long-term uh, platform as a collective community as opposed to individual work streams. And there is uh, one of the ideas on the table is more podcast interaction about women in IT and women in the mainframe. But we have several ideas uh, that we're talking about and some of the work that you'll see uh, on women in IT at Share in Pittsburgh is as a result of this work group that's come together. So the main follow-up for us from Share, in addition to the core, you know, business activities, is really we've I think generated uh, some more momentum around women in IT in the mainframe. 
absolutely. Uh, are there any um, websites or tags or anything that we should be following to keep track of uh, your company and, your, and your, all of your efforts? Because it sounds like you got a lot going on. We do have a lot going on. In fact, IBM Systems Magazine asked us to author their point of view article, which will come out in the July-August uh, issue as well. So there's a tremendous amount of activity taking place around the company, and you could follow us at virtualz.com. Great. Thank um, you. Twitters or? Not yet. Okay. Not yet. Better jump on that. I know. <laughs> I know. Well, we're, we're kind of coming up to the top of the hour here. So I want to thank you very much, Jeannie, for coming and, and spending some time and explaining to us how this, how this new world works. It was a privilege to be here. It truly was. I enjoyed it. Thank you for making it so comfortable, and, and uh, I hope it went well. Absolutely. Thanks. Thank you very much. Okay. Old Man Charlie, run us out. You've been listening to Terminal Talk with Frank and Jeff. For questions or comments, or if you have a topic you'd like to see covered on a future episode, direct all correspondence to contact at terminaltalk.net. That's contact at terminaltalk.net. Until the next time, I'm Charlie Lawrence signing off. <laughs>